Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to my nerd world and this week's Depeche Mode podcast. This is just a quick reminder that if you want to support this podcast or any of the My Nerd World podcasts, all you have to do is click on the patron link at the top page at podbean.com. My Nerd World. Where's the revolution? Welcome to My Nerd World and Depeche Mode, the podcast. It's episode number three. I am your host, John Justice. One of the things that I love, probably the thing that I love the most about Depeche Mode, is the fact that their lyrics really do reach out to you on so many different levels. And even over uh, over the course of, of, of a period of time, Different songs can take on different meanings. Now, there has been times when the band has released a song that I really, really like. However, it just didn't have as big of an impact on me because I couldn't relate to the lyrics. And I'm all about relating to uh, the lyrics uh, you know, of, of, of all music. I mean, I'm a lyrics guy, but certainly Depeche Mode. And one of the brilliant things, and I discussed this on last week's, on last week's podcast, one of the brilliant things about Martin Gore's writing is the ambiguity of it. How he makes sure to not give you the specifics as to why a song was written. He leaves it open to interpretation, which to me, you know, uh, provides the opportunity for people like me, and I think like a lot of you, at least based off the emails that I've received, and I have uh, uh, several emails to share with you at the end of uh, today's show, uh, talkshownerd at gmail.com. That's the email address. You can also find it in the notes for this week's uh, podcast. But I love the fact that they're open to interpretation. And recently, I had a song of Depeche Mode that I that I love but never really could relate to it on the level that Martin wrote it and it's it's one of those songs that that you you listen to it in if you follow the band and you follow their personal lives for as little as they give out if you do follow some of their personal lives you know that at the time when Martin Gore wrote this song he was going through a divorce and that song is definitely about his children dealing with divorce so 
that song, while it while it's probably my favorite off of off of playing the angel, this song that I'm about to play, and I know you've already guessed it, but I'm saving it for the for uh, for when I'm going to tell you what happened with me. Um, probably one of my favorite songs uh, off of playing the angel. I still remember where I was sitting the first time that I that I heard it. Uh, it was a song that lyrically I just couldn't quite you know latch onto. That was until about two days ago, and I went through a a, a circumstance uh, recently. Uh, and I don't want to get too into specifics. I just, it was a circumstance and a situation that that I went through that was really uncomfortable and wasn't a whole lot of fun and affected some, some, some people uh, around me. And it was, it was really playing, um, on my mind, uh, in a, in a, in a big, big way. And I went to leave for work the other morning. And I have a I have an iPod shuffle that stays in my car, and it's just filled with you know a thousand some odd songs. And I've got Depeche Mode's entire catalog uh, in in on this on this iPod, and I keep it on shuffle for all of the songs, not just Depeche Mode, but all of the songs. And so usually when I'm driving to work, if I'm not listening to a podcast or listening to a specific Depeche Mode album or playlist, I'll just put on the iPod and I'll just have random, and I'll skip until I find a song that I like. So I'm, I'm getting ready to leave work, and this situation that that occurred is 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 playing on my mind, and I'm I'm backing the car out of the driveway, and when I do that, you know the stereo will just come on, and nine times out of ten it'll be the iPod that'll be on there because that was the last thing that I was listening to, or it'll end up just defaulting to that. So right as I'm bla- I'm backing out of the driveway, and my 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 stereo comes on, this situation that I'd gone through was was completely top of mind and this comes on I didn't plan for it I don't even know why it landed on that it just did and yet as I listened to the song I immediately knew that it was going to relate and was relating to the exact situation that I went through had nothing to do with divorce, had nothing to do with children, but these lyrics, almost to a T, matched the situation that I was currently dealing with. And it, while the, the situation's been painful to deal with, and, and it's, it's, it's fairly over now, the level of comfort that Depeche Mode provided for me once again was something that was beyond measure. And that song, at least for now, and probably forever, will have... Um, brand new significance uh, for for me, and it'll have meaning for me in a way that, again, I never thought it would. And it was just again, it it was one of those amazing Depeche Mode moments. And I could spend, I mean, I could spend an, an entire couple of hours of a podcast going through all of the different times that Depeche Mode's music has had an impact on me and gotten me through difficult periods and situations in my life. I often joke that Depeche Mode taught me how to feel. And you're probably going to hear me say this over and over again as as the weeks go on 
and you listen to hopefully more and more of these of these shows. And I, I, I hope that you can appreciate. I, I know you will. I mean, you're a Depeche Mode fan. I'm a Depeche Mode fan. I know that you appreciate what it is that I'm talking about. And I would love to hear from you and your stories and be able to share them with the other listeners to this podcast. If you have a story or two or three or four of the times when uh, Martin Gore's lyrics or Dave Gaughan's lyrics ended up impacting you and relating to a situation that you were in, please drop me an email at talkshownerd at, uh, at gmail.com. It's, it's funny, too, because where's the revolution now that I've spent a couple weeks with this song? I've really, really – I mean, I liked it to begin with, but I've really grown to love this song now. And it's given me um, – it's getting me even more excited for what we can expect from Spirit. And I actually have uh, in front of me a, a list of quotes from individuals – who have listened to the album? They had these listening parties a few weeks back, and some of the uh, some of the comments have been leaking out. We should have uh, middle of next week the embargo lifted on the album, and so we should be able to start hearing full reviews of Spirit next week. But I do have a uh, several comments from those that have heard uh, the record that I'll be sharing with you. But back to my point, it's funny because I've actually now taken "Where's the Revolution." And it has a different meaning for me now as well. Um, you know, apart from the lyrics that are pretty on the nose about your government and country, there is, if you allow it to, I mean, and that's really based off of you and how, and how you interpret lyrics and how you equate lyrics to things in your life. But, you know, where's the revolution to me? And the lyrics are somewhat open to interpretation. You know, a revolution could be any number of different things. It could be a revolution in your in your in your heart, or a revolution taking place on in in your you know in a in a relationship. Apart from you know, sort of a worldly political stance. And now, obviously, this song and the band has mentioned this. It has that tone to it, based off of the events that were going on back in 2015 that Martin Gore was affected by, as was Dave Gone. Um, they said as much in the article that we had on on episode two. But I've now taken that song and I've kind of turned those lyrics on it on 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 their head, and it it's taken on a new meaning for me now, and it's made me love the song, uh, you, you know, even even more than I than I did, you know, before, and and it makes me love it even more and more the more that I hear it. And I'm sure you've had the chance to sit down and listen to the song and hear what's going on in the background in the music. And the more I hear it and the more I, I hear how crisp uh, the, the sounds are, the tones are, Dave's lyrics are, again, just, the, just the, the more excited I get for Spirit. I think we're really, really in for something very special and something that I think a lot of us have been waiting for for a long, long time. That's not to say that... You know, Depeche Mode's put out bad records. Um, that's just to say that I think for a lot of us, there is a... Well, let me not even go there. The band has said as much. I mean, Dave Gone has said that when they finish an album, that often they feel like they've gone and left something on the table, which is what continues to drive them to create new music. It's almost as if I don't want them to make that 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 next great record because we won't get any music from from them anymore. But what we're hearing, 
um, from the listening sessions is really positive. I'm going to share with you some of the quotes here in uh, in just a second, and then we'll talk a bit about the Anton Corbin video for Where's the Revolution. Hopefully, you've had the opportunity to watch it. If you haven't, I would, and this is probably the only time I'm going to tell you to do this, I would encourage you to pause the podcast and go online, watch the video, and then come back and you can listen to my my commentary of the video if you haven't seen it yet. But at this point in time, I'm I'm sure that you that you probably have. But before we get to that, let's talk a bit about these listening sessions uh, that uh, that took place just a few weeks ago, and some of the quotes that we heard from the people that have uh, listened to the album already. Now, this was taken from proper credit where credit is due. Uh, DMTVarchives.com uh, uh, had uh, had had uh, gone and basically compiled these list of quotes from those that have heard the album from the listening sessions. Uh, so the, the head of international digital marketing at Sony Music Entertainment says the new Depeche Mode album is everything you were hoping for and more. Now you're talking about an individual that works for the marketing team for Sony, so that needs to be taken with a bit of grain of salt. Primal Scream's uh, bass player... Uh, Simone Marie Butler said, went to the album uh, playback for Depeche Mode tonight, and all I can say is, wow, you guys are in for an absolute treat, one of the best for 2017. Uh, Kat Monroe said, the album is great, you're in for a treat. Eddie Temple Morris said, we were honored to listen to Depeche Mode's new album tonight. James Ford has made a classic. Neil McCormick, forthcoming Depeche Mode album is appropriately dystopian, like the soundtrack for Hashtag Resist. Uh, Magnazilla Logo, I totally butchered that, said, we've heard it, this is good. Uh, Mikolaja Komar said, I can only say that Depeche Mode's new album, Spirit, has powerful electronic sounds, nice to the producer James Ford. Uh, My beloved tracks... After first listen are so much love and then the sharp scum. The opening of going backwards and poor man, mighty, mega mighty electronics. Now before I get to a few more of the quotes, that has me really excited. Because one of the things that I've really missed over the course of the past several records was something that we got a lot of in Violator. A little bit less so, but it's still there in the background in Songs of Faith and Devotion. And that is just the real heavy, throbbing beats. That's one of the things that I, again, one of many, the things that I that I think makes Violator such a standout record is that it is such a cohesive record. That album just flows. It, just, it has amazing flow to it. But the beats are really, really strong. The drums on Songs of Faith and Devotion provide that as well. But as you get further down the catalog, you get a lot of the clicking, a lot of the blips and the bloops. And I, I'm, I'm being really general by saying that, but you know, you listen to the music, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I miss that really, that really good throbbing beat. You know, and honestly, it's one of the things that, uh, if, I can, if I can bring back up uh, Precious here for a moment... Precious has a really good wholeness to it. The keyboard that kicks in here in a moment, the beat in the background, that right there. I mean, you've got we got a lot of that on 
on Violator, and we just haven't had as much of that um, since then, and I really do miss that. I remember the first time that I heard Angel off of Delta Machine when they released the uh, that black and white compilation video in the lead up uh, to the uh, to the announcement of the record, and I, I honestly thought that it was a demo. And was really looking forward to the album version because I really liked the song and I still like the song, but it sounded really minimal, you know, minimalist and stripped down. And so I was a bit disappointed when the album rolled around and they didn't, you know, beef it up. And I'm not talking beefy like playing the angel. I know that they were going for something very specific on that record and I do like that record. That had more of a, a corrosive nature to it. I'm talking about good, clean, thick beats. And so when I read comments like Mega Mighty Electronics, uh, that gets me really excited. Um, Alexandra uh, Digorska says, I've listened to the new Depeche Mode album, and I like it. All I can re- uh, reveal for now. Uh, Andre uh, Lafranchit said, Deep, profound. Rockle said, We're listening to a great record. And then the promotions manager at Sony Music uh, Italy said, what albums, are able to g- what albums are able to give you goosebumps and to make you want to dance at first hearing hashtag uh, Depeche Mode, uh, and and again, I just this gets me so excited for for this uh, for this record to the point where I'm scouring the internet hoping it gets leaked. I'm not advocating for downloading leaked music, but you and I both know that if it get le- if it gets leaked, at least for me. I'm downloading it, but I'm also going to buy the digital version, and I'm also going to buy a hard copy of the CD, and probably just for posterity's sake, I'll end up getting the LP as well. So I think it's okay if it gets leaked, and I want to listen. But shh, it'll be our, um, it'll be our little secret. All right, let's talk a little bit about Anton's video. First viewing of the video for "Where's the Revolution," uh, I was watching it with with my wife, and so. I, I, I had a bit of a different lens on it because when I'm watching something with my wife, Melinda, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of half watching the video and I'm half watching her reaction. As Depeche Mode fans, most of us have gotten used to Anton Corbin and what Anton Corbin does, especially when Anton Corbin is being Anton Corbin. I don't mind Anton Corbin being Anton Corbin. I'm willing to look past the times when it gets a little weird, uh, a little distant, and you kind of do the, okay, that was a weird choice. Be that as it may, it's Anton Corbin, so I'm going to I'm going to allow it to sort of sit and to sit with me and you know give it time before I make a final decision on it. So the first time I saw it with my with with my with my wife Melinda, she was kind of meh, and I can understand why she's meh. She's a Depeche Mode fan, but she's much more of a casual Depeche Mode fan. She's not a hardcore fan like like I am, and so she was fine with. The band and the soapbox and the the minimalist marchers taking place while while Dave stands up there acting like a like a dictator. I think the part of the video that that got lost on her was the um, the train is coming, the train is coming, coming moment when they're wearing the fake beards and they're doing the uh, the choo choo arms. And even I was like, okay, Anton, you couldn't have done something with that, <laughs> right? Now I've watched the video a few times and I actually do quite enjoy it. Anton is controversial for the band from the standpoint of, you know, Depeche Mode makes music that could really lend itself to some amazing videos, and Anton going the black and white route, a lot of people, I've heard argue, didn't capitalize on making something that matched the music, but I also think that's the beauty of what Anton was doing, was, was that he was creating 
almost a dichotomy from what the song was to the visual part of it. And, and, I, and I appreciate that. And the one thing about the video that I really like was I liked that it was black and white. And the moments when the color appears, whether it's the flags or whether it's Dave's jacket, it really, really pops. And I believe there's a moment with Martin's guitar. So I've watched the video several times now and really come around on it. And, and I actually like it better than most of the most recently <laughs> released videos. Precious, I like Precious' video. I thought the, the video for Precious was really good. I know the band wasn't pleased with the video for Wrong, but I liked the video for Wrong. Hold to Feed's a monstrosity. We won't even talk about that. And Fragile Tension was just kind of, eh. I thought Heaven was okay, but I did not really enjoy that. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com song that the heaven to me was one of the worst singles that they had released as a first single and was my least favorite song off of off of delta machine if they had put in a middle eighth in there i i I would have enjoyed it more but it just again didn't just didn't grab me the way that i uh the, the way that i had the way that i had hoped all right let's move on speaking of videos i have a Confession I need to make. Uh, I have not purchased the video singles collection. Reason being is that when it was first released, I, I heard from a lot of people who said there were a lot of issues with the release in and of itself. The formatting of the videos, there were some problems with some mislabeling. Overall, from what I saw, the initial reviews of the video singles collection was that it was a disappointment. And I own most of these videos already in one way, shape, or form. However, because I've started the podcast and because I'm anticipating new Depeche Mode, if you're like me, when you kind of get into that Depeche Mood, you 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 gravitate towards the band. So I've just been listening to Depeche Mode nonstop, nonstop as of late. And I, I went online and I brought up the details for the video singles collection and decided that I'm going to go ahead and purchase it. So I've gone and put in an order for it. Hopefully it arrives uh, here in a few days. It's worth the money for me just to get the commentary from the band, from, from the band members. I love the interviews with the band. It bums me out because I have a VHS copy of the electronic press kit for Exciter. And on that VHS tape that was included in it was this amazing interview with the band uh, that I can't get anywhere else, and I don't own a, I, I don't own a, um, a a VCR anymore. Uh, you know, I have all the remastered uh, discs that have all the interviews on them. Of course, uh, the two different documentaries that are on Sounds of the uh, Sounds of the Universe in that big uh, box set, and I'll go back and watch those over and over and over again. The documentary on the original video singles collection that came out, you know, back in ninety eight, ninety nine. Uh, that documentary is really good. One of my favorite documentaries is the the DVD uh, that was included in the Best of CD that came out in early in the early two thousands. Uh, that basically had the band commenting and playing snippets from all of the different videos throughout the uh, 
through throughout the compilation. Unfortunately, for some reason, my DVD stopped working. It won't play in any of my Blu-ray players, so I'm going to have to go and purchase purchase another one. So the other thing about the, my desire now to get the video singles collection was the fact that uh, I, I realized I didn't have a lot of the videos for 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 Exciter playing the Angel, um, you know, Sounds of the Universe, you know, or, or of course Delta Machine. Um, but I don't think is Delta Machine on. I have to go and look. I'm pretty sure Heaven's on there. Uh, so I, I I decided, you know what? I, I should be a completist. I own everything else of Depeche Mode. That's pretty much the only major Depeche Mode release that I have never purchased. So I went ahead and did the right thing. I'm hosting a podcast. I should own that and be able to talk to you about it in detail. So it is in the mail and hopefully will arrive very, very soon. All right, so here's the plan for the rest of uh, episode three uh, in this um, in this podcast. I, I want to get to sort of my my topic of the uh, of the podcast this week, and then uh, we're going to go over some of the emails. I'm going to uh, read back to you, uh, share with you some of the emails that I've received uh, from you, and thank you so much for downloading the podcast. The response has been amazing, and from what I've heard so far, and you'll hear in the emails coming up, my intention with this podcast was to talk about the band in, in, in not just my fandom, but what the band has meant to me. And so far, based off of the response that I've received from you, that's the vibe that you are getting. And that really, really makes me happy. But the topic for this week, and the reason why I labeled uh, this week's uh, podcast as you know uh, my personal therapist, was that Depeche Mode has been therapy for me. On so continues to be therapy for me, continues to be that thing in my life that I can go to when I can't talk to anybody else. That thing that I can go to in my life that can be there for me when there isn't anybody else that 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 will understand what I'm dealing with, and when I need an outlet and I can't get it out, and there's a Depeche Mode song that I can, you know, turn to. It, it, it provides me a level of, of comfort that no other artist out there can do. So what I decided to do was I made a bit of a list. And this will be part one. I'll do part two on uh, next week's podcast. But I, I really, really quickly basically lumped uh, Depeche Mode's history into a couple of different categories as it relates to me. So I lumped it in as Depeche Mode when I was young when I was medium, <laughs> and when I was older. So what I'll do today is I'll go through a few of the songs from when I was young to when I was, you know, growing up medium, right? And then next week on part two, we'll go through some of the songs that had an effect on me when I was older. And one of the listeners to the podcast, whose name also happens to be John Justice, and has the same relationship with Depeche Mode as, as I do, which is just strange. Although he does spell it J-O-H-N. Um, he took the time to go through the entire catalog and basically rate all the songs that he that that he uh, the songs that he likes in the order that he likes um, from album to album to album, and it was really really a lot of fun. And John, I so appreciate you taking the time to do that because I can't tell you how much I enjoyed going through and seeing which songs you picked out and how it aligned with my views on certain Depeche Mode albums. But when you go back to Depeche Mode, the first Depeche Mode that I ever heard, and I talked about this on last week's podcast, Shake the Disease. Shake the Disease really kicked it off for me. 
Here you had a song that had a great chorus, um, had a had a had a darker vibe to it that I really hadn't heard, but then it was it was speaking to me, especially at an age when I was just discovering girls and what those feelings felt like. Um, again, Depeche Mode became that friend that would talk to me at a time of need when I was dealing with all of those emotions. But when you go back to, and I'm kind of going to go album by album by album and, and work through this rather quickly, but you go back to, say, uh, you go back to Speak and Spell. Um, the one song on that that really sticks out to me that I will continue to go back to is is um, Any Second Now. That song, sort of the nondescript uh, love song, right? Lyrics don't make a whole lot of sense, but are open enough to interpretation. But at the same time, it's, it's the vibe of that song, the lyrics in that song. It, it, it's still in one, it's, it's high on the list of, of my favorite Depeche Mode songs. And when I when I kind of classify my favorite Depeche songs, I you know it's it's a big list, but I, I kind of lump them into era in, into eras, and certainly among the era of Speak and Spell and A Broken Frame, Any Second Now still stands as a as a standout. Uh, photograph of You, um, See You, right? These are all uh, Leave in Silence. Those were all you know. The, all of those songs spoke to me in a, in a particular way and related to situations as I was growing up as a kid. Um, getting further into the into cat into the catalog, you get to more than a party, and I remember it was right around uh, the age when I began going out with my buddies on the weekends and going to house parties. I was listening to a bunch of Depeche at that point in time, and more than a party was like my my discovering drinking uh, anthem. It themed the party side of my life. Now, when you start to get into some great reward, this is where the impact really, really begins to happen for me, the lyrics, and the band itself. There are so many strong, lyrically so- strong songs on that, on that record, whether it's uh, Lie to Me, uh, Stories of Old, uh, Somebody. If You Want is still a Friday go-to track on the drive home from work. You know, even being 44 and married with, with two kids, it still is one of those ones, you know, working weeks come to its end, party time is here again. It changes, right? That that definition of party changes as you get older, but be that as it may, you know, it still has a lot of relevancy. And in probably my top five all-time favorite Depeche Mode songs, um, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter I, I still listen to weekly that that song is is I mean not even just my in my top five Depeche Mode songs but in my top five just love songs I absolutely um, adore uh, it doesn't matter now you move forward and you get into and I'm gonna kind of skip around here a bit but you get into Black Celebration and I mean how, what song I mean basically what song on Black Celebration do you not mention right? Maybe Princess uh, Princess Die, um, you know, I uh, d- new dress, right? Maybe new dress is one you kind of go, eh, you know, political statement. And I like the song, don't get me wrong, but I mean, Black Celebration, uh, Fly on the Windscreen, uh, you know, Stripped. Um, I mean, just the list goes on and on on that record. I mean, that's the one that was that was. That was the big one. It still is one of the big ones. It's kind of, you know, between Violator and, and Black Celebration. The the standout song, the, the standout song, 
and it's probably my oh, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm really i'm 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 hesitant to make the comment i'm hesitant to make this statement but i'm going to because this is probably my all-time favorite depeche mode song ever here is the house where it all happens those tender moments under this roof body and soul come together as we come closer together and as it happens it there are so many things about here is the house that make this song special i really one of these days i'm going to devote an entire podcast to just this song and break it down just just note by note chord by chord the the harmonics the lyrics the fact that Dave and Martin share so much time on the song, singing back and forth, the buildup as it continues to just grow and grow and grow into Martin at the end, um, and, and his, I don't want to say bellowing, but oh, it's so, just such a fantastic track. Oh, that song will never, ever, ever get old for me. And it will never cease to just grab me in all the feels. I have to stop talking about it because I'll just keep going off about Here is the House. So I'm going to stop there. I do have a few more here on the list. We're going to get into a bit of of uh, music for the masses and, um, you know, of course, uh, Violator and Songs of Faith and Devotion. And I, I wanted to go further in my talk of Depeche Mode Therapy and how these songs uh, impacted me, but I'm running a little short on time and I want to make sure we can get to the emails uh, this week. So again, if you want to, and, and please do, I really do appreciate the emails, talkshownerd at, uh, at gmail.com, talkshownerd at gmail.com. And again, that, that uh, email link can be found uh, in the notes for the, uh, for the podcast itself. Uh, drop me an email and, and and tell me your stories. I would love to share the stories of uh, of of their music and specifically how you know what what impact and and what songs were tied to what events uh, in in your life. So with that, let's go ahead and um, answer some emails. Got a couple of emails. We'll start off with first, and they come from an individual that I mentioned a moment ago, uh, John Justice, not me. Different John Justice. Now, if I'm probably wrong on this, but I, I think that John found me on Twitter because we shared the same name, and he's been following me for a couple a couple of years now. And it just turns out that we both happen to be massive uh, Depeche Mode fans. So I got a couple of emails from John that I want to share with you and uh, provide some some comments on. Uh, hey, John, I discovered Depeche Mode back in 1985 after seeing People Are People on MTV. I was 16 years old and had joined Columbia House Record and Tape Club and purchased some great reward. I would ride my bike up and down the neighborhood listening to them on my Sony Walkman. 
It's so funny he mentions that because I remember doing exactly the same thing with the cassette of uh, Music for the Masses and listening to Never Let Me Down Again cranked on my little earbud-esque Sony Walkman yellow headphones and just, you know, taking a ride with my best friend and I'm floating along on my bike. I mean, I was was such a young kid, but man, again, one of those moments that just has always stayed with me. I probably couldn't tell you anything else that ever happened in that year. John goes on to say, so many great songs on that album led me to purchase the entire back catalog. When Black Celebration came out in 86, I was a full-blown fan. I loved that I had found something not many others had heard of. When Music for the Masses came out, the band had started to become pretty popular. When Violator landed, it seemed that everyone was now a fan. I met the love of my life at the Violator concert in Cincinnati, Ohio. We dated for four months and then were apart for 15 years. I reconnected with her, and now we've been married almost nine years Martin's lyrics are probably the main reason I love the band, but the atmospheric music takes you to places, takes you places, and Dave's baritone polishes off the package. I love every album and almost every track. But I will say that when Songs of Faith and Devotion came out, I didn't initially love it because it was such a departure from Violator. But over time, Songs of Faith and Devotion has become the album that I listen to the most. You know, and I'm probably there with you, John. Um, you know, I, I have to go into my iTunes and click the the spins to see which songs have gotten the most listen. Uh, you know, the most listens. But "Songs of Faith and Devotion" is one of those ones that I go back to quite a bit, especially knowing the background of that record and how the band was struggling with a very dark time and how difficult that album was to make. And Dave and his heroin addiction uh, that just through so much adversity. And things that weren't relating to the songs themselves, the passion came out on that record. You know, I've I've had circumstances when doing my weekly radio show. I, I host a radio show Monday through Friday here in uh, in in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com is where you can find it. I'm on uh, live six until until nine o'clock. And uh, and you probably find out that being a Depeche Mode fan, if you heard my radio show, you'd be like, that's the same dude. But yeah, it's the same guy. Uh, be that as it may, though, I, I found in circumstances where I'm dealing with emotional issues off the air, and I just had this happen recently, and I'm in a really, really emotionally bad place trying to keep it together, that sometimes that's when I've done my best work on the air. Through that adversity, I find a way to dig deep and use the pain that I'm going through in one area to enhance the creativity that I'm doing in another area, and that really is what I believe made Songs of Faith and Devotion so special. Uh, Getting back to John's email, I think there are many fans out there that jumped on the train when Violator was released, and I feel that they are the ones who are disappointed as each new album gets released. They don't appreciate the back catalog and don't understand the progression. The band continues to be relevant, um, and this new track confirms that. Can't wait for Spirit and the tour. Thank you for expressing your passion for for the band on your podcast. Well, and thank you, John, for emailing and also this email. Um, John also wrote, your podcast had me thinking about my favorite Depeche Mode songs. You know what is so difficult? Um, you know that it that it you know that is so difficult as they're kind of like our children. One of the great things about Depeche is that I love most of the songs on the albums. I put together an Excel file of all the tracks to date, uh, and I mentioned that to you uh, a moment ago. Uh, and he begins to break down a bit a bit of how he deduced which songs he liked the more. He looked at each album. 
and did a top three or four songs from each album. Some were harder than others. Speak and Spell, almost a different band because Vince was leading then. Uh, the group uh, was more about pop hits than substance. The band started to really, uh, the band really came uh, to be starting with The Broken Frame, which when looking back is an incredible effort from a trio. I think Alan was a part of the recording sessions, but not a member of the band on that one. Yeah, I think he joined about halfway through. Because uh, I know he shows up in uh, a few of the a few of the videos. Um, anyway, I thought I would share my list with you. I have yet to download Where's the Revolution. I'm getting the feeling he's probably done that by now, though. I have watched the video countless times, but I have the deluxe CD and the vinyl on order, and I'm waiting for March 17th. Unfortunately, Amazon didn't give me a free download for Where's the Revolution, which I thought was odd. I agree that... Um, Music for the Masses, Violator, and Songs of Faith and Devotion showcased the band at its peak, but Some Great Reward and Black Celebration, as well as Ultra, were also outstanding. Possibly my favorite Depeche Mode song is Strange Love, but somebody is up there as well. In fact, during our wedding, that was the song that was being played as guest at Entered the Church. I'm going to get back to that in just a second. Funny enough, our song isn't a Depeche song, but Melt With You by Modern English. I have to run. Looking forward to episode three. When are those U.S. dates going to be released? I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully sometime when the album comes out, because this tour is not going to start until the fall or winter. Or, or winter. John, again, John Justice, J-O-H-N, right? Not me. Different guy. Okay. Says, during our wedding, that's the song that was being played as guests entered the church. I'm not kidding you, John, when I tell you that when I married uh, my wife, Melinda, back in 2000, um, or was it 99? 99 or 2000. Well, we married 17 years this year, right? Okay, anyway. The one thing that she gave me uh, the choice on was the song that she came into. And here's the funny story about that. That is, the song that I chose was somebody. What I wanted was an instrumental version. What I wanted was just the piano. Right, I didn't want the Muzak version of it. I wanted the piano version that you hear, you know, Martin would play when they went on tour. So we didn't get a we didn't get a pianist. We ended up getting a an orchestra. I think it was like an eight piece local high school band who learned the song for me. Unfortunately, they ended up learning the Muzak version of it. It was still a magical moment, but it wasn't the version that I was hoping for. Uh, but oddly enough, again, uh, the same thing with, with the both of us. That was the song that my wife came into when she was wearing uh, her dress uh, as we got married on that day. Um, also, the first song we danced to was was Home, which I thought was funny because I, I, I'm, I, I heard that Martin Gore actually wrote that about his alcohol problem. If you've never heard that before, go back and listen to Home and imagine that what he's talking about is being drunk all the time. And it actually makes for a really good drinking song. So thank you, John Justice. I have one more email because I'm just about out of time that I want to share with you. And this one comes from Olaf. Olaf writes, first off, thanks for your effort and passion invested in your DM podcast. I love that you are so personal about it. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Um, I agree with you on a lot of your views on DM. I feel the same way. I'm from Denmark, 45 years old. I'm going to see their show in uh, Copenhagen on the 31st of May. Been a fan since the late 80s. I'm hoping for a more electronic-driven and layered sound on the new album. Lately, Playing the Angel has been my go-to album, especially the first half. I still find new sounds and details when I really take the time to listen. I listened to your podcast with a friend of mine, and we just laughed and nodded and felt the warmth. 
importance, and joy and recognition. So nice. Thanks again. All the best, uh, Olaf. Well, thank you, Olaf. Thank you, John Justice. And thank you for those other emails that I received this week that I did not get a chance to get to. I promise that I will get to it next week. And I also promise that the response has been so overwhelming to Depeche Mode, the podcast, that I will be putting out a new episode every single week. And hopefully I plan, I, my, my intention is to do it on Thursday or Fridays and certainly whenever there's breaking news. So if you enjoy the podcast and you want to get your Depeche Mode fix every week, you should be able to do just that. I would encourage you to subscribe on iTunes, search for My Nerd World and John Justice. You can also catch it on Spreaker, Stitcher, and on Podbean. Don't forget, if you want to be a patron and just support the podcast with a few bucks, hit the patron button on the top of the page at podbean.com. Thank you again so much for downloading the podcast. It is so much fun for me to be able to share with you and you to be able to share with me our love for the best band ever. And that is not an understatement. All right. Have a great week. Go check out the video for Where's the Revolution. Go pick your favorite Depeche Mode song uh, out. Give it a listen. And I will talk to you next week on episode number four of Depeche Mode, the podcast. I am John Justice, and you've been listening to my nerd world. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.